This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Uh, Usually it's, you know, how many games will the Pacers win this season? Uh, The truth is, I don't know who's how many games they're going to win, but if you think you know, you got to go check out my bookie. Remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. So that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Right now, my bookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, They'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code READY25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code READY25 when creating your account to claim up to $1 thousand dollars in free play if you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m you can get an extra 25 dollars free play by using our promo code ready 25 and it's up to you guys but i'd wait until after dinner and take that extra cash you play you win you get paid my bookie neil the rebound kevin ollie brings it up throws it across miller for three Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. Oh, oh, oh what a the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, Whoa. Deep oh no! Oh, no. Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the default! Throws it back to Oladipo. Stevenson behind, drives inside! And the foul! Lance Stevenson and a chance for a three-point play. He just headbutted the Stanton. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast. Welcome back to episode 16 of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook, sitting next to me as always. Eric Hawk, Jake Light, guys. What's going on? Well, you didn't even mention there's another person. This isn't as always. I was going to introduce him later. Oh, darn. All right. Well, I already uh, I broke the seal then. Yeah. Well, no big deal. He just hit the record button for the first time ever. Uh, our new intern, Tristan, a great job. is in studio. You'll be hearing from him a little bit later on. But first, uh, we had a little business we just attended to, and uh, I think you guys are going to like it. 
Yep, episode featuring Damian Wilkins, former Indiana Pacer there for a few months last season. Got a very interesting story. He was an undrafted player back in 2004, got on the Sonics roster, uh, was a serviceable role player there for a while, and then uh, he actually, uh, we talked with him about it, I think 2013-2014, he ended up out of the league and was out of the league for four seasons, and the Pacers signed him last season. So very interesting stories from him. He was out of the league for that long and still made a comeback, so what were some of your guys' takeaways from talking with Damien today? Uh, you know, his never-quit attitude that he's got. You can just tell how passionate he is the game. He even talks about, like, his relationship with it towards the end there, and he's just never wavered in that desire to play, and he, his biggest blessings are making the roster and just stuff you're going to hear, and it's it's just kind of relieving to hear to know that guys care that much, and you can really tell. And what he's doing after his playing career also directly, you know, reflects that sentiment. So, awesome interview. Uh, great guy. Yeah, he was awesome. He was a really good interview. Uh, some really good insights on the Pacers, especially obviously last year and a little bit of what he expects going forward. But I think the thing that struck me the most was he was still saying we when referring to the Pacers. Like, yeah. And he was like completely honest. He, he said, you know, I'm never going to turn my back on those guys. That's my team. Like they gave me a chance, you know, at the end when I didn't have a lot of chances. And so, awesome interview. We talked about that last game he played with the Pacers. His best game ever. Um, I think it's pretty awesome. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Yep, absolutely. So, coming up next, our interview with former Pacer Damian Wilkins. Hope you guys enjoy. We have a very special guest with us, uh, former Indiana Pacer and 10-year NBA veteran Damian Wilkins. Damian, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, So, you know, coming out of uh, college back in 2004, you went undrafted in that NBA draft. Um, So after impressing in summer league and preseason that year, you actually ended up making the Seattle Sonics roster. So what things did you do specifically to prepare prepare yourself that summer uh, to end up making an NBA roster in training camp that year? Uh, I I think the biggest thing I did was to, get in the best shape I could get in. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really know what to expect. So, you know, going in to anything, obviously I wasn't drafted. So, you know, I, I just got in the best shape that I could possibly be in. Um, and, you know, that involves, you know, some weight training and cardio and skill work. And then some playing as well that summer I can remember I was – um, so motivated to, to, to make it that I just kind of locked myself in. So did that kind of going undrafted in that draft, did that just give you some extra motivation there in that summer to, you know, give you that extra push to get on to a roster? Yeah, of course. Um, I think that's why, I, you know, I trained so hard because I've had that motivation. I had sort of a chip on my shoulder. Yeah, you ended up playing four seasons in Seattle and then made the move over to Oklahoma City for your last year with the franchise. Tell us a little bit about what Seattle's like as an NBA city. Um, well, don't say made the move. Like, that was my choice. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, uh, it was, it was uh, Seattle's one of my favorite places. Um, great fan base, great food, um, great city. Um, and, you know, it's hard to beat it in the summertime anywhere. You mean they didn't uh, ask the know, players if they could move or give them a vote? <laughs> nah, I didn't tell us about that at all. I don't know why. I'm still waiting on an explanation. Yeah. But it was, uh, I had fun there. I had, I had made a bunch of trades from 
like I said, it was just a, a great environment to play in and to win it as well. And to grow. It was my first time there at OKC. Uh, welcomed us with open arms. Um, and still welcoming, it seemed like, with open arms. Uh, but they, they, that was obviously one of the best crowds in, in, in our in NBA right now. And, um, the community uh, is a great community, great community people. Um, you know, so you know, I enjoyed my time there. It was very welcoming. Yeah, so tell us about that transition period. What was that like? Did Was there, like, rumors all season? Did it happen? And then it was kind of just all of a sudden? Or what, what was that kind of uh, like for you? Well, to answer all of those questions, yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there were rumors throughout the season all year. We were told we're not moving. We were told we are moving. We were told maybe we're moving. We were told, okay, yeah. the deal is off. So we're not. I mean, it was, you name it, we heard it, you know, pretty much every day throughout the season. And, you know, it, it, it was an uneasiness, I guess, uh, because it was such an uneasiness within the city. So with yeah. that, that feeling blanketing the city, um, like it did, we couldn't help but, you know, to, to, to feel it because, you know, we were literally right in the middle of it. So, um, I mean, it was about us. Uh, so, you know, it'd be, it'd be difficult not to feel that tension, um, all the time throughout the city, but, uh, it made it a difficult environment to play in. Uh, but we managed and, you know, we tried to, um, play as hard as we can because, you know, we didn't know if that was going to be the last time that that city was going to see us and vice versa. Yeah, I got to ask about the November 16th game. You dropped 41 points against the Hawks. What, what was that game like? How were you feeling in the zone? We may never get somebody else in this podcast that's had 40 in an NBA game. So we, we just got to ask how that, how that felt. <laughs> of course you would Oh, my, man, that felt great. Uh, that happened right at home. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, that happened right in front of my friends and family. So that was a special moment that, you know, I still don't, allow people to forget. I'm glad you brought it up, actually. So, uh, it, it, it was just one of those nights where, you know, everything is just kind of falling. Yeah. You know, and the more and the more, the more and the more shots fall, you know, every time I make one, I feel like, okay, that at least awarded me two more attempts. Yeah. And that's how I, that's how I looked at it. So, um, you know, it was just, one of those nights, the ball was fine to me, and it was not a whole lot of plays being run for me. Um, at that time, I think I had about three plays of my own. Everything else was just coming off of just rhythm basketball, um, which made for an efficient night, obviously. And uh, it was just, man, it was something special. Did you uh, ever have to use that pickup line for one of the women? Like, hey, I'm 41 points in an NBA game. Like, I'm kind of a big deal. Did you ever have to pull that line out or what? Yeah, I pulled that line out on my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked. Yeah. yeah, it worked. That's what I got her with. There you go, man. All right, well, you started your career with Nate McMillan as your head coach, and then obviously you ended last season with Nate McMillan as your head coach. So how did he grow as a coach, or was he always the same? I mean, did you notice anything different about him the second time around? Uh, well, um, he'll still run the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, but he's, you know, a lot of the same guys. I think obviously a lot of things have changed. With any coach who coached from then, you know, and still coaching now because the game has changed. So you kind of had to go with the flow of the game and the way the game is being played now. But for the most part, he's still the same. He's still very structural. He's 
still very he's hardworking. Um, he still demands, you know, the most and, you know, will give his all to to make you you know, as good as you can be for yourself and the team. Um you know, still very open and honest and, and, and real and you know, that's rare throughout the NBA nowadays. So um I appreciate Nate for that. Yeah, compared to other coaches you've had, what stands out to you most about Nate? Um, was it kind of what you just hit on? Like, what does he do that's different from other coaches? Um, a lot of things that I just hit on, but very few coaches are willing to, you know, I guess, not step on toes, um, but willing to just be open and honest in front of the group and, you know, with you also personally. Um, if he tells you you're going to play, you're going to play. If he tells you you're not going to play, you're not going to play. Um, you know, he calls out guys. So he, when I was playing, he called out Ray Allen a lot. You know, in the season, he called out Vic and Miles and, and, and Lance, those guys a lot. So, um, you know, he, he, he's not afraid to bite his tongue. And, you know, when you see that in a coach, you, you know, you always appreciate it because, you know, if he says something to you, then he, not only does that mean he cares, um, but, you know, how can you argue with it um, if he's doing it with everyone? Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the, I think, one of the most surprising uh, signings we saw last offseason uh, was when the news broke that you had signed with the Pacers. So I'll be completely honest. I remember thinking to myself at that exact moment, when was the last time that Damian Wilkins played in the league? Um, so can you kind of explain what you did during that time away? I think it was about four years away from the NBA to get yourself that extra opportunity in the NBA last season? Well, my last game playing four years ago was against the Pacers. Uh, It was against the Pacers when I was in Philadelphia. Um, So they signed me based off that game, by the way. (laughs) Um, um, But what I've been doing since then, I mean, I went to China, I went to Venezuela, I went to Puerto Rico, I went to the D League. Um, all those things just kind of staying um, ready for the opportunity. I, you know, I went to uh, training camp with Atlanta. Um, you know, so I, I did a, a, a lot. You know, I did quite a bit to to you know form myself an opportunity. I never gave up. Probably was the you know the biggest thing that I did yeah. do um, and did do. You know, in respect. In respect. I just kept fighting and kept hoping and kept trying to get in front of the people I needed to get in front of. You know, I turned down opportunities abroad to play in the G League and, you know, you guys know it's not, no one there goes there for the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you, you know, it's just not what you're there for. So, um, you know, I sacrificed a lot to, to, to get that, that opportunity again and it was all worth it. I wouldn't write it any differently. Yeah. I wouldn't, well, actually, I would write it a little differently. I wouldn't, you know, let them take so long. But for the most part, it was a heck of a ride, and, and it was worth it. And I think, didn't you, during that summer last year, you actually ran into Coach McMillan, I think, somewhere in June or July, whenever it was. So can you tell us a little bit more about that moment? Wasn't that kind of like, you know, a, pretty much that was fate that kind of led to you being signed from with the Pacers last season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ran to him in Vegas. Um, at some of the, and I was doing a a program with the Players Association at the time, and he told me um, when I saw him, I 
you know, he looked at me and said, man, you, you look like you're in great shape. I said, I am. And then I said, you know, you guys ain't full in training camp. Maybe I can come in there and show you what type of shape I'm in. You know, and he thought I was joking. And so he just laughed. I was like, no, I'm serious. He's like, okay, we'll see. And, you know, I didn't take much from that. Um, and then he said, well, look, just give me a call when you get back home from Vegas when we get out of here. Um, i see what I can do. And, you know, I didn't take too much from that, but I certainly was like, okay, I'm going to call. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, not going to come down to a situation where 10 years from now, I'm like, damn, I wish I would have made that phone call. So um, I called, and I called, and I called. I think I called two, five, three, four times before I got him. And then he, you know, he was explaining to me the situation and explaining to me things that he felt like the team needed. And uh, he said, you know, it, was, it could, it could, maybe I could get you in here for training camp, but we'll see. And I said, okay. So I waited, and then I got a call from Chad Buchanan, who was the uh, GM. I text actually, who was the GM there in Indiana, who was also the assistant GM in Charlotte. Yeah. Prior to that, and I was playing on Charlotte G League team prior to that. So I knew Chad well. I went to training camp with the Hornets doing that four-year hiatus um, when I was the last cut there. So I knew Chad well. Um, I knew Kevin as well, too, because Kevin was the GM in um, Portland um, when I was in Seattle, and they are the ones who offered me an offer sheet after my rookie season at Seattle eventually matched. Yeah. And Kevin Pritchard was there, so he texted me, Chad did, and said, hey, do you still want to play? I was like, Chad, like, is that a trick put? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Just bomb back, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah like, of course I do. Like, <laughs> he said, and then he said, okay. And that was it. I still had to text my phone. Very simple exchange that, so that led, led to that. Yeah, so obviously when you hear, when you see the last thing you read, it's like, okay, to that question or answer. So now you're like really biting your nails. Like, yeah. okay, what's going on? And then, um, like not an hour later, my agent called me and said, uh, um, Indiana just called me, offered you a uh, minimum deal if you want to take it. better minimum deal one year if you want to take it. And he was, you know, said it as if like he'd been on the phone with them the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it. Thank you for going out there and getting that deal done for me. <laughs> so... That's how that happened. Huh. That's awesome. Miles Turner was in elementary school during your rookie season in the NBA. So safe to say you were the oldest player in the young locker room last season. How important was it for you to be one of those vocal leaders in the locker room for a young NBA team? Well, I appreciate you letting me remind me how old I am. That was dope. But I didn't, um, you know, that's a role that you embrace, you know, and, and, and for me, a lot of people, it's hard to embrace that role. Um, but for me, you know, it says a lot. It, 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 it immediately makes you one of the most important people on the team. Yeah. You know, from that regard. Um, if you don't have that veteran presence and stability, you know, it's like the blind leading the blind. <laughs> so, you know, you have to... You have to you have to have that that be able to embrace that. It takes a certain type of person to 
be able to accept that role because we're so competitive and proudful. You know, all of us, at the end of the day, we want to play. But, you know, with experience comes the knowledge of knowing that how long the season is and staying ready is probably more one of the most important things, you know, attributes Mike can have. So I pride myself, you know, on that, to be in that position to always be ready no matter what. You know, I certainly got some opportunities to play this season, and I think the times I did play, I did well um, and surprised some people. And, you know, I take that, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I have no regrets at all. You know, I'm not upset with anyone mm-hmm. about how it all ended. Um, I'm still completely loyal to that organization for giving me that opportunity. Um you know, that they, they treated, welcome my family, my wife, my children, with, treated them with the utmost respect. And, you know, the communication was, throughout the season was great. And, you know, I just, I'm, I'm truly grateful to the organization for that opportunity. Yeah. Did, I mean, when you came in, was it apparent that they needed a veteran leader in the locker room? Because it seemed like the year before, maybe leadership wasn't something they had a lot of. Um, so was that kind of apparent to you walking in that you, that you needed that? Was that something Nate McMillan kind of suggested you needed to bring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, you could see it because um, throughout the season, as the season went on, it was more chatter you know, how there was lacking in leadership. Um, obviously, I wasn't there that year, so yep. I can't speak. I can't speak to it. But you heard the chatter, you heard the whispers, and you know you just kind of take that stuff and. You know, and say, hey, this is my role, so let me be everything that, you know, you're. I'm hearing that they didn't have. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean being buddies with everyone in or less being able to offer constructive criticism and being a listener. Part of that, and the most important part of that, that role is being able to listen. Um, so, you know, I just embrace it. and But still knowing that, like, at the end of the day, we're all competitors who want to play, so, you know, you also feel prepared and stay ready. Awesome. Who's the one guy in the Pacers locker room last year that you, you know, had, you knew you had to keep an eye on? Like, <laughs> make sure they weren't, you know, they needed a kick act, in the butt. acting too crazy. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> Give us come something, Aaron. He's on your thing now. <laughs> come on, come on, guys. All right, in January of last season, your time with the Pacers came to an end, but you did have a proper send-off because you were able to start your last game with the Pacers, and I think I think you knew it would kind of be your last going into it, so you ended up playing 22 minutes, and you ended up scoring double-digit points. Um, what was that like for you, kind of knowing it was your last game with the Pacers? Honestly, I, I, I knew it prior to the game. Um, right before I got to but I didn't even know I was going to start. Nate actually didn't know I was going to start or play, for that matter. He didn't even know what I had known. Hmm. He, he, had no, he didn't know that I knew already. Wow. But I thought he did. But he didn't, he didn't know. <laughs> so when I got to the game, he said, hey, Vogue's not playing. We're going to start shooting that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Let's get it. By the way, like you do know that, like they just called me prior to coming and told me that, you know, 
it's possibly going to be my last game here. Like, he, But he didn't know. He had no clue. But I wasn't going to say, no, don't start me. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. So yeah, no. I got, you know, got the opportunity to play and just kind of went out there and played. Like, I wish that game was never ended. Yeah. Was that just, like, really carefree out there? Like, you, I mean, you had nothing to be nervous about. You could just literally leave it all out on the court and, you know, obviously you want to keep playing, but you could literally just be carefree knowing it was your last game. Well, yeah, it's kind of like how, you know, the superstars of the league feel now, except it's not their last game. <laughs> it was one of those type feelings. Like, I felt like I could probably shoot it from half court and wouldn't care if I was subbed out. Or you know what I'm you know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. can you imagine can you imagine how LeBron and James Harden and Russ Westbrook stuff K D like how those guys feel when they play, like like what are you gonna say? Like you know what I'm saying? Like that that has that's like being at the park again. That's how it felt. It was just like wow, like you know. But at the same time, like, you know, I still wanna play well, so you should have had the uh, the Kobe Bryant experience there where you just start chucking shots and get to 60. You know what I mean? Just kind of get the crowd into it. Yeah. All of it. Um, so the Pacers went on after that uh, and clinched the fifth seed last year, and we all know what happened. They went on to play LeBron and the Cavs in the first round. Um, a lot of people thought that was going to be an absolute cakewalk for LeBron going into the playoffs, but, you know, as it happened, the Pacers uh, took them to seven games, a very competitive series. So what was that like for you? I assume that you watched that, watching the Pacers play in that first round against the Cavs. What were some of your takeaways? What did you no, see that you liked? I was excited, man. I was, I was super excited for those guys. You know, sitting at the edge of my seat pretty much the whole the whole series, like rooting for them. Um, you know, that, that was, it was a surprise to me, though, because throughout the season we had matched up well with Cleveland, you know, all year. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't surprising to me that like that we you know I keep saying I still say we as you can tell that the Pacers played them so tough. Uh, it, it it wasn't surprising at all. Um, you know we had the bodies to throw at LeBron. And, you know, you know everything else we could match up. We matched up well with their guys that they played. They didn't play huge like a big team. And the Pacers didn't play a big team. So it was just you know one of those things that came down to you know, the right matchup for the Pacers. Uh, and, you know, it ended up getting them a lot of success. Obviously, they didn't win the series, but I think they surprised some people. Um, but they didn't surprise me. And, you know, the best player in the world did what the best player in the world does. So, uh, from the, you know, we've mentioned several times, a young team the Pacers were last season, still pretty young going into this season. Who were some of those younger guys that, I mean, you saw them in, at practice, in the locker room, uh, you saw a lot more than what we saw on the court, but who do you see, you know, having a, you know, a good a breakout year maybe this upcoming season, or who do you see having some potential for the Pacers going down the road that you that you really like? Uh, I think Miles uh, is really motivated this year to, to explode. Um, you know, I, I, I think Domas will maybe, maybe be, yeah, I think, have a monster year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because of just the opportunities he's going to get now, um, his work ethic and the way the game is played, he can do a lot of things with the ball. And I think, you know, he's 
gained a lot of confidence from the season before. Um, so I, I, I really do think he's a, he's about to take off this season. Yeah, that's what we're all hoping. You were going to play in the Big Three this past summer, but ended up taking a position with the NBA Players Association. Tell us a little bit about what your role is there. Uh, I work with the Players Association now and um, as a regional representative. Um, so, you know, basically I put together programs for player programs department. Um, you know, I put together a leadership development program in Vegas during summer league where we invited current and former players meet with, talk to, and learn from DMs and presidents around the league, you know, about what it is to work as a, be a coach or work in front office. Um, you know, I had to work the rookie transition program, and, um, and uh, throughout the season I'll be visiting teams that I'm assigned to, five teams that I'm assigned to, and putting together team awareness meetings for those teams, and, uh, Things of that nature, man, doing what the Players Association does. And, and that's, you know, putting the players first, putting the needs of the players in the NBA first and, um, you know, making sure that they have everything that they need to be successful both on and off the court. Yeah. What, do you know the five teams you're assigned to yet? Yes, I have um, OKC, Utah, Denver, Indiana, and Atlanta. Oh, okay. That's a little variety there. So, yeah. going back to the big three, we're going to put you on the spot here. And your dream three, big three team that you could play with, who, who would be on your squad? Oh, man. Give me MJ, Kobe, Shaq. <laughs> That's a pretty good squad right there. <laughs> so you guys have a chance yeah. of winning that. Huh? I said you guys would definitely have a chance of winning that league, I think, with those guys and yourself. Yeah. MJ, Kobe, and Shaq, and... No, I come off the bench. <laughs> you're not. Yeah, you're not gonna be selfish, right? You're, you're just there. To, you're just there to uh, hit some big shots. You know, they'll do the penetrating. I'm just, you just step I'm out. Just, I'm just here. To, I'm just here to you know hit a couple corner threes. Yep. I <laughs> love it. Well, you, you stated that your ultimate goal beyond your playing career is to work in an NBA front office. So, what are some of the big things that you've learned along the way that will help you? Uh, get that type of position, and what are some specific reasons that make you want to get into the front NBA front offices? Oh, because I want to give guys like myself opportunity, and you know, to to be truthfully speaking, there's not a lot of minorities in those positions, mm-hmm. and you know, why not? Why not me? Why not? You know, Malik Bowes, mm-hmm. right? Why not? Uh, Chauncey Billups, yeah. why not Grant Hill? And, you know, guys who um, have had success on the floor, not all have had stellar careers, but have had and made stellar friendships and networking opportunities and well-respected around the league and the locker room. Guys who really know how to put the needs of players um, before anything. Because the players... You know, you got to care about the players. Not many people care about you. Oh, they know how much you care. And I always say that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also someone who played. Like, not many guys in front of this position right now have played, have played the game. They know, they know the game. They may know the business side of it, but 
the one disadvantage that they have that former players have is is playing. Yeah, experience. Yeah, that experience, that knowing how to what it takes to be on the court in the foxhole with you know total strangers, mm-hmm. you know, at one point and become brothers, you know, through battles. That experience to know to to know what 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 the players are thinking. And to be able to relate to them, yeah. So I, I, I would, I relish. I, you know, I can't wait. I'm excited about the opportunity to be able to have that opportunity one day because I believe it's going to happen. So we talked. I mean, you mentioned about you know finding pretty much those diamonds in the rough, those guys that you know people aren't really paying attention to. We talked with uh, Matt Ant's head coach last week, Steve Ganzi, kind of about the G League and you know where it's headed. Do you? Are, is that something that you kind of think that, you know, a lot? it's going to bring a lot more competition and it's going to hopefully find, I, I feel like, a lot more of those diamonds in the rough in that league because you have these two-way contracts now and all that stuff going on. Do you think the G League is going to be able to produce more NBA-type light players here, you know, in the next several years? Yeah, I think so because I think the talent pool is going to get better, which is going to in turn force guys down there to get better. Because you're gonna to have to play, yeah, and you're gonna to have to play against really talented guys. And in order to keep up with them, you have to be just as good or better. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna force you, you know, to 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 get better, to work on your craft, to embrace, you know, the work, you know, and not focus so much on the result. It's gonna it's gonna force guys, or they're just you know not gonna be playing there. Plus, they get raises now, so. Mm-hmm. You know, money can most motivates a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so you know they it's a, get, they're getting you know income increase now. You know, what is the next five years going to bring? Yeah, right. Like you got to ask those questions. You never know. So I think that since the talent pool is going to get so much better, like guys throughout that season get better, and I think the numbers have proven that. Throughout the course of every year in the D League, starting with the D League and the D League, it's it's gone up. The numbers of guys are getting called. You know, you look at a guy like Quinn Cook played a role on the championship team. Yeah. You know, so it it, it it's you know Hassan Whiteside. I played with him in Iowa. Yeah. The years he got signed to Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, those those, those guys are there. Absolutely. All right, we're going to switch up the tone just a little bit. We, we appreciate all the great insight that you just gave us there, but we want to go to the gender reveal video during the game and your face that pretty much says it all during that video. Did you know something was up going into the game? And, and what was that moment like for you and your family? I, I had no idea what the hell was going on. I didn't know what my wife was over there doing. I thought she was playing like one of those little games. You know? <laughs> this is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> Like she's not gonna give us a good name for whatever she's about to do, and then um, you know when that came out, I was just like, "What?" I was so confused. It took me so long for it to register, yeah. and then it hit me like, "Oh, like okay." I remember that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it was a wonderful feeling, man. And, you know, my my son, he's here right now, laying on my wife's chest, and. Just to, to think back to that moment that he was inside a belly and now he's out. 
you know, just being a monster. It's uh, it was heartwarming. Yeah. And a uh, moment, obviously, I never will forget. And another thing that makes you know Indiana so special yeah. to us. Yeah, as a fan, that that moment was awesome, and it kind of just was went with the whole tone of the season. Just a great surprise, and just an awesome feeling. So congratulations. It's okay. It's okay. No, thank you. It's okay to say if you cry. I gotta admit, I did shed a tear. Shed a tear, we won't judge. I'm gonna wrap it up with one more final question, and I'm gonna put you on the spot. We asked this to pretty much everybody we've had on here about their careers. So give me one specific moment from your NBA career that, you know, just maybe it's that 41-point game, I don't know, that just sticks out to you the most. You've had all this basketball playing experience. What sticks out to Damian Wilkins the most when he looks back on his career? Is there a specific moment? Uh, every moment I was on the roster to start the season, Yeah. you know, was, was I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Like, a lot of people say they luck, right? Like, a lot of everyone says that. You know what I mean? But, like, we know better. Mm-hmm. You know, we know better. Like, it's, it's, you know, my relationship with the game, I think, is far deeper than, you know, many. And, you know, I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that it's my love is deeper than anyone I've ever played because, you know, there's no way to measure that. But, you know, for me, every moment I was able to start a season on the roster was a moment where, you know, you reflect back on how far you've come and the things you had to endure to get there. You know, it means a lot because you look at that locker room, you look around the locker room, the faces in the locker rooms change throughout the season. Yeah. You know, for better or for worse, they all change. And everyone that comes into the training camp, you know, has someone depending on them or they're depending a lot on themselves. One or the other or both. So, you know, everyone by the time that first game starts, isn't there anymore. The locker room has changed, and that's just been a month of the season. And the locker room has already changed, you know, to a minus three, four, however many guys were there in training camp. So to be there is a blessing. And to start the season off when the roster is indeed a blessing. And the guys who've gotten cut, myself included, because I've been released before, mm-hmm. before the season started. All you wanted, you know, you put your eggs in that basket. I don't care what anyone says. All You put every egg you had in that basket. Hence the reason why you're in that training camp. And no one goes into training camp expecting to be released. They're all like, I want to do everything possible to give myself a chance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when those things change, you know, and sometimes it's out of your control, sometimes it is. And... It is indeed an honor to put that jersey on on opening night. I don't care how many seasons it's been. It's it's an honor because everyone wants to be there. All those guys that want to be on the team from start to finish, start a training camp that went to the the, the respective cities and teams months earlier just so they can get a head start, you know, and could be released, have been released. You know, when you think about those guys, that's what you do it for. Yeah. You know, to let those guys know that, you know, number one, not to give up, and don't, number two, like, listen, 
it may didn't it may haven't or hasn't happened for you, but for you, I won't take take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's what it's for. That's what it's about. Um, for me. And pretty much, I think you're kind of the poster child there too for not giving up. I mean, uh, you go, went like you said, you went through all these training camps, and then you know, being I think 37, 38, whatever it was, going into the Pacers camp, you know, after those four seasons out of the NBA, you definitely show that you know to all these hopefully young guys out there that no matter how old you are, there's still a chance that you know you can eventually make it into the NBA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's all about sticking with it. And, you know, I think I came out the gates in preseason kind of raising eyebrows. Yeah. Um, based on my play, no one expected it. So, yeah. um, you know, I think that show was just the biggest testament to me um, about how, you know, no substitute for hard work. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up everything we had for you today, Damian. So, once again, guys, uh, Damian Wilkins here, former Indiana Pacer last season, 10-year NBA vet. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Enjoyed uh, watching you play last season. Uh, you know, obviously, you, you played a lot better than what we expected. You were one of our favorite players in the locker room. So, we love seeing you in that Pacers uniform. Love to see you at a game here sometime. That would be awesome. But we appreciate you coming out, and good luck in the rest of, you know, your endeavors with the PA and uh, with the Players Association and, you know, hopefully maybe you'll maybe be on a big three roster next season. How does the NBPA have something? Yeah. And feel free to tell all the players you're mentoring how good of an interview this was and that we should be encouraged to come on at any time. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Damon. We appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for having me. Have a good one. All right, well, that wraps up our interview with former Indiana Pacer, Damien Wilkins. Damien Wilkins, uh, very much appreciative that he came on the podcast. Great guy, great interview. Wish him the absolute best of luck. And hope to, like I told him, I hope we see him at some Pacers games this year. That would be pretty cool. Be cool. Just sitting next to him. Maybe get him a beer. Yeah. Maybe just do anything he wants. Yeah, like, exactly. Maybe he likes chicken tenders. I don't maybe know. Maybe watch his kid for a little bit while him and his wife go out on the town. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. We're I mean, up for whatever. So, uh... Big news on the podcast. Huge. A lot of people, you know, that follow us on Twitter, they know the big news. We have hired an intern. Dun, 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 dun. Now, we're going to give you his real name tonight, but from now on going forward, you will strictly just refer to him as the intern. The intern. So his real name, Tristan Duncan. We have him sitting here tonight with us. Very difficult hiring process. We had so many people apply for the job. And it just came down to, you know, we, I mean, we did a couple background checks. We did some of our research and it came down to it. Tristan was the, was very qualified for the job. Very big Pacers fan. So Tristan, thanks for joining us. We look forward to, you know, venturing on this, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking Endeavor. for? Endeavor with you going forward on the podcast. Thank you very much. Excuse me. We did not ask you a question. It <laughs> was a simple statement. And just so you know. Just so you know, this is his first time speaking in the mic, so Tristan, you will need to speak a little bit louder. Yeah, a little bit louder. Yeah. From the gut. A little bit louder now. So I'm just going to let you guys go ahead and grill him with, with questions, and if he isn't speaking loud enough, I'll chime in. All right, first off, did you have a nickname growing up? Do you have a nickname now? Yeah, T-Dunk. T-Dunk. Not bad. With three C's. T-D-U-N-C-C-C. Is there a reason there's three C's? 
Yeah, the one C was taken on PlayStation. Okay. That makes wow. Sense. <laughs> one C, so you went with the three C's. You mentioned PlayStation. What's your favorite game on PlayStation? At the moment, 2K. Okay. okay. Who's your team? Pacers. Obviously. Awesome. <laughs> that was the right answer, by the way. Well, yeah, you just do Dynasty answer. mode, or what? You got the new one? You got oh, 19? Yeah, I got 19. Okay. I'm playing my player right now. I just bought that last night. Did you? I haven't played it yet, because I also bought the new Spider-Man at the same time. Okay. I also bought the new Spider-Man, and it's really fun. Yeah, it is. So I remember the PlayStation Two Spider Man, and that's what made me get the PS Four Spider Man. Back to Tristan. Back yeah. to Tristan. <laughs> okay. What uh? What are your, some of your goals with the podcast? What do you want to do? Well, I just want to help out any way I can. That's the right I mean, answer. What I'm made you want to join Born Ready to Pod? Well, I've been listening since like the beginning, pretty much, and I really enjoyed the work you guys done. So I wanted to be a part of that. A very I think humble you guys man. are gonna. You guys are gonna get big. Pretty quick. Well, now suck you're attached up. to the hip. He's a suck up. Plus <laughs> points right there. Up. Plus <laughs> points right there. I love it. Okay, so obviously you went to school around this area. So, what was your favorite subject growing up? None of them. No. I, I went to a vocational school to be a welder. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So a welder. Is that what you do now? Yeah, that's what I do right now. Awesome. Okay. Can you weld something for us later? Yeah, I can weld anything. I'm fantastic. Can you TIG weld? Yeah, I can take well. You can do anything. Yeah, I can do anything. Okay, all right. Pretty confident. <laughs> yeah. Who's your favorite Pacers player of all time? All time, Reggie Miller, obviously. Okay. Send us another favorite. one besides Reggie. Yeah. The one right now that's my favorite is Demonis Sabonis. You love Sabonis? I love Sabonis. I mean, we, obviously Victor Oladipo. We heard a nasty rumor about Sabonis. Are we bringing that up on yes, the podcast? Yes, bring it up. Go well, I, I'm not one to spread rumors, you know, but actually I am. One of my good friends, he has a buddy that lives in the same apartment complex as Demonis. He knows a guy who knows a guy. A guy who knows a guy who once broke his leg, and at the hospital he met a guy, and you know, in his room, kind of thing. So <laughs> I wouldn't. It's not. It's not verified. We're just kind of. It's kind of a joke. We'll just say it's a joke. But wink, wink. Uh, so apparently he stays outside and smokes cigs all day. So our master plan was to go find him smoking cigs, and then interview him while he's smoking cigs. Which, I mean. It's pretty impressive that, you know, an NBA player smokes cigs, just railing heaters all day outside. <laughs> <laughs> I love that type of stamina, you know, yeah. to get to an NBA game. Does that yeah. does that change your opinion of Sabonis? I mean, no, he still plays excellent. He's a common man. Yeah. Against all odds. I wish he could allow him to smoke cigs during the game. <laughs> see him in the paint <laughs> just smoking cigs. He'd be, be awesome. like smoking Jay Cutler gif, it would be Sabonis. Love it. Who who? What Pacers player, it could be all-time, obviously, what Pacers player drives you the most, like, crazy? Like, who did you like the least? Or maybe, like, they got the ball and you're like, oh, no, this is a good I, I didn't like him the least, but Lance Stevenson. Oh. I mean, he, I, lo- I love Lance, Whoa. but he sometimes he can just drive you crazy. True. But in a good way. Yeah, a good way. Just FYI, correct answer was the dude that used to wear number 13. Oh, yeah. We don't talk about him. We don't talk we about don't him. We don't say his name on this podcast. Well, Mont, for me, it was Monte Ellis. Like, I, I just feel like that dude could never do anything good when he got the ball, and it just drove me insane. He's actually trying to make a comeback, too, now. I saw that. Maybe we should try to get him on the podcast. Him pod. and Andrew Bynum, both former Pacers. So. Oh. Ooh. Ah, maybe we can jump in and get him. Tristan, write that down, please. <laughs> Thank right, you. So I guess it's my turn for another question. Yep. Uh um, what's your favorite food? Food, steak, or meat and potatoes kind of guy. Okay. How do you how do you like your steak cooked? Medium rare. Shouldn't we be telling him how we like our steaks cooked? <laughs> <laughs> Darn it! You're right. Well, right yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, okay, so you mentioned you mentioned that you're a big gamer, right? Yeah. Well, you yeah. Fortnite guy. I used to be. I'm into Counter Strike now. What's your favorite gun on Fortnite? Fortnite. Yep. Ooh, probably the scar. 
little scar action. Yeah, I'm mad at purple you. Purple scar, not the gold scar. Okay. Because awesome. it's way harder to get the gold scar. <laughs> yeah, yes. Have you ever won a just a single match? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have plenty of them. <laughs> oh, plenty of them. Oh, wow. Just kind of walking away, a little cocky there. Um, I'm honestly out of questions. Chris, do you got any more uh, intern questions? Let's see here. What are your expectations for the Pacers? How many games they win this season? Hopefully over... What's the line now? What's what are they? I think it's forty six. It's like forty six and a half, 46 and a half. on my bookie. On my bookie, that's yeah. Very that's important. My bookie. We're all using my yeah. bookie here. We are yeah, all we are. using my bookie. Um, uh, what was the first age you kissed a girl? Sixteen. Okay. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Did you love her? No. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> okay. Okay. Correct answer for the record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you so. currently dating someone? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. Is it serious? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Does she think it's serious? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> How long have you been dating? Four months now. Nice. Okay. You savage. Look at you over there. <laughs> wow. That's when you gave up Fortnite, wasn't it? Because you had to move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I'm you. the only one in here still playing Fortnite, not with a girlfriend. So I think there's some correlation. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I've never played Fortnite, and I don't plan on it. So. Okay. Last, I, you know, you guys said whatever. What guest would you most like to interact with? through Born Ready to Pod. Like, what, just anybody. It could be anybody in the world. doesn't have to be a Pacers player. It can be, obviously. Who would be the one person you'd love to, like, get on and just, like, interview the shit out of? Miles Turner, I think. Really? Why? I think he'd be really interesting to talk to. He's very well-spoken. I think he would... I don't know. I've I've liked his play style ever since he's joined the Pacers. I think he'd be a good... Good person to talk to. What, I, I agree. Yeah. What's one question that you would want to know the answer to? Not the cliche stuff that we all have to ask, but what's one question, serious question, that you want the serious answer to? Well, he's he's played on like pretty much both the Pacers teams, like where the, the transition guy we don't talk about. And yep. Yeah, the transition. I, I think it would be cool to ask him about that, see how that was like. Right. That's awesome. Well, I feel like I know you better, so that's awesome. Uh, Favorite Pacers moment? See, see, I'm younger than you guys, so my my favorite Pacers moment, just, what was it? Was it the Spurs when Victor Oladipo hit the game-winning? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that was my favorite moment. That was a lot to learn, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I remember I was listening to 1070, and Grady was talking about how he sat next to the score, score guy, for the Spurs and how just in shock he was that the Spurs were losing to the Pacers. I don't think he knew anything about the Pacers and he was just, and I, I thought that was an awesome. Anytime you can piss off the home crowd and you can hear that verbal interaction and how, how it that was in Indiana. hurt somebody. Was it in Indiana? Yeah, yeah, I think you're thinking of a different game. I'm thinking of a different game then, but I just remember that. And I, I know it was the Spurs. It might have been the year before then. And just anything that could hurt a fan of another fan base, the soul, yeah, crushing the core. It's yeah. just great. It just gives me so much joy in life. Kind of like when the Colts gave up the lead against the Bengals. Yeah, I was at a very low moment. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about. Go it. Ahead. We're a basketball podcast. Yeah, Go ahead. that was yeah to be to be expected. By the way, my Browns are have not lost yet. You're a Browns fan. Yeah, I'm. A, so I'm are you? Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> just do a little bonding. No, I knew uh, I was going to take shots because I was absolutely like crushed that they tie. I think I was more crushed about the tie yeah. than I was over any loss last year. It was like, dude, are you? 
effing serious. Yeah, but I mean, did the award look good? I, there's a lot to. I mean, build. what do you? I mean, what do you want from they me? They wouldn't even show the overtime. I had to watch it on YouTube. You gotta get it. You gotta get it from Reddit, man. Reddit. I thought this was a basketball. Podcast. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Last question from me. I swear this is it. Least favorite NBA player right now. What player do you love to hate? Other than other than the unspeakable name, LeBron James. I knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> just, terrorizing the Pacers the for Thorn in our side. Who would you guys so pick? Who would you pick as your least favorite? Oh, you're gonna have to go first. No, nah, mine's pretty easy. Opinion. It's pretty straight up. James Harden. Um, it's not really that close for me. Uh, just it, it has literally nothing to do with James Harden. But as a basketball coach of high school. He, they all want to do this. Uh, what do they? The the step, the euro step, and then they want to flick the ball over their shoulder, and then they want to step back and shoot those crazy threes. And it just, it's just, I hate it. And then they also, oh, well, James Harden doesn't play defense. I mean, obviously the best play. No, that's not the way the game should be played. So just James Harden drives me nuts. A really good player, efficient scorer, good player, just. Can't if, stand him for that. If it's any other game and I'm watching LeBron, I don't hate him as much. It's only against Pacers, so I won't yeah. say him. But if there's a guy that I just consistently do not like, it's Draymond Green. I just don't like him. He would be awesome to have on the team. I, I don't know. He's just so right cocky, and he's just one of those guys you put him on. I I don't know. I hate getting out of debate on how he would be on another team, but I just don't like him. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. It's kind of like he's up you there know, Lance me. as well. Those crazy guys that you know. I'm you starting like to hate to just the Golden State Warriors in general. Kevin Durant's at the top of my hit list. I just yeah. think he's just a raunchy snake. I'll just throw that out there, raunchy <laughs> snake. And then before that, old guard, I'd have to say, just I loved hating Kobe Bryant. I just loved just finding flaws. There were a few. But I just hate I hated Kobe Bryant up until recently when he doesn't play in the league anymore. So now you miss him. Yeah. I think um, one other guy, and this isn't even really a hate so much, but kind of like, do you remember when Paul Gasol was just like, every time he got fouled, he acted like he like got shot and killed with his voice? Do you remember that? Yes, it was like, <laughs> it's like, dude, you're like seven foot tall. Let's just fucking just play the game. Sorry, no F words are used here, but yeah, it was just crazy. Until like, David, that Harrison, stuff David Harrison, first F word on Born Ready to Pop. throw that word around. Forever grateful. Yeah, Mr. David Harrison. Yeah, well, so. Bob Dylan talked never anybody. <laughs> sure didn't. So that wraps up tonight's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed our interview with Mr. Damian Wilkins, great guy there, and then also, uh, you know, big welcome to Tristan here. I, I can't call him that. He's the intern. Big welcome to the intern. <laughs> See big things from him. Hope that you know he uh, spreads his wings and you know he can make a big impact on Born Ready to Pond. So intern, go get me some coffee now. Order. What do you want? Good question. <laughs> Just give it to me black. That's fine. If All you right. have any t-shirt ideas, tweet them at us because we're trying to sell more t-shirts. Yep, we got just got our big t-shirt order in, and we will put it in another order here at some point soon. So be on the lookout for that and uh, several other episodes coming next week. We have another guest coming on, and then actually we'll be getting into training camp and preseason. So a lot of big topics will be coming back, and we'll be doing a lot more talking. And we we obviously we enjoy our interviews. But we'd also love to talk, too, and we are excited to talk about the season. So thanks a lot for joining us, guys. We will see you next week.